Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Praise the Lord. Um, this morning, I'd like to share a message called Understanding Exceeds Knowledge. Um, and uh, I think about my school days, and I think about a subject that they called English comprehension. You were supposed to comprehend English, but I always left feeling like I hadn't comprehended anything at all. I hadn't understood, and it's my first language, you'd think I'd know better. English comprehension, and I think about, it's, you know, understanding is more than just having a grasp on something um, or having knowledge of something. It's, it's fully comprehending it and understanding what it can do in the future, in the present, in the future, and how it can, how it can come next to knowledge and provide a good outcome. Because we're all looking for good outcomes, aren't we? So that is, that is what... Uh, we're trying to achieve is that we don't just live life on based on the knowledge that we know, but we go deeper to a place of, of a deep understanding of what it is that the Spirit of God wants for us to do. And so this is, um, this is what we're going to um, be talking about this morning, and then we'll pray at the end and uh, receive our offerings. So it's not a long message. Um, and... Uh, probably one of the shortest messages that you'll hear in here, but there is a short message from Pastor Tom um, here that I'd like you to listen to because we were at New Focus on Tuesday evening and it brought some things back to me and back to my remembrance and I thought I must share these with the church. But before I do that, I don't know if any of you have these little flip charts on your windowsill or something. It brings up a new scripture every day. I have one on my... Um, kitchen windowsill, and it's well-worn. I think it's been flipped over year upon year, flipped back with usually like I'm doing the dishes, and then I flip it over, and the paper, the paper gets wet. So it's all like really uh, fluffed up because the pages have been wet so many times. And, uh, but, I, but you know what? I, I never, I've never chucked it away. I've kept it there because the daily nuggets have always been great. And the, 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 um, the, the, the man that they based all these quotes and everything on was a man called Oswald Chambers. And so he's kind of setting the scene this morning for this message. And this, this, was, this was yesterday's reading. I wasn't doing the dishes at the time. And, and the, 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 the launch scripture is in Matthew 11, verse 28. And it says there in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. Come, come to me. And so hear what Oswald Chambers says. Our Lord's words are not do this or don't do that, but simply come to me. If I will simply come to Jesus... My real life 
will be brought into harmony with my real desires. I will actually cease from sin, and I will find the song of the Lord beginning in my life, because personal contact with Jesus changes everything. Amen? Personal contact with Jesus changes everything. And um, so, before we go on, I'm going to ask Seb to run this little one-minute-odd clip. Would you listen to this? In fact, in fact I, I felt a word stirring for the church when I sat down tonight. And I'm just going to say it because it's come back to me again. And it's this, that God is going to raise up this work to be a strong, strong people of understanding of the principles of God's Word. And from that, power is going to be released. I sought a strong understanding of God's Word. And from that, the power will be released. Hallelujah. A strong understanding of God's Word. And from that, the power will be released. I'm not talking about power just here in the church. I'm talking about power wherever you are. Remember, singing will open up things. Do you know that singing can open up your destiny? If you don't sing, your destiny will never really be opened up. But there's, there's nothing that God will withhold from you when you start to sing about him. And you start to put the enemy where he belongs. Amen. That, that, was it. that was in this church in April 2017. Pastor Tom was here, and we were um, doing our session on praise and worship on Tuesday night, and we played the whole thing. I'd encourage you to watch the whole thing, The Power of Song. It's on the church's YouTube channel. You just got to go back in the archives a bit. And so I'd, I'd honestly forgotten about that word. And it's not only a word for our church, it's a word for any Christian or any church that would take it and receive it and decide to, to explore that and um, to begin to operate in it. You know, five years seems like a long time ago, but everything in God's timing, hey? So it's come, it's come up again, you know, and it's resonated again with, with myself. I hope it resonates with you. And I think that it's going to be responsible for ushering in a new season in our lives personally. And I think it's going to be res uh, responsible for ushering in um, a new season in our church life, in our church family. And I believe that the purpose of it all is to ultimately see the lost find Jesus Christ. Because that has to be the end of everything. Um, it's not for it's not for anything that we you know you know I've had great thank you Holy Spirit for the great therapy this morning I left church feeling supercharged again and that's wonderful but ultimately all of us have the responsibility of reaching the lost for Christ and I want to be able to do that more effectively and I want to be able to overcome all the pressures of life and the struggles and the the pain 
and everything from my past, and I want to be set free from all that so that I can reach people and not think in myself that I'm a hypocrite, I'm a fraud. Well, I'm, I'm, why am I doing this? Am I doing this just, is it just a numbers game? Is it to, are my works going to please God and one day um, he'll say, well done, good? Or am, I, or am I in the depths of myself scared to death and terrified that I've not followed his perfect will for my life? And I think, well, how do we overcome that? We have, to un- we have to have understanding more than knowledge. You know, we have to have understanding more than knowledge. The, Pastor Tom's message was about our interaction with God and our singing. The power of letting, you know, he, he said something wonderful. Speaking is just one word after the other, but singing is a flow of words. Singing is dynamic. Singing is incredible. Singing can move people from sadness to happiness. It can move them the opposite way. The, po- the power of song, the power of sound can turn situations around. It's very, very powerful. Amen. And I thought there must be something in this that we can explore more as a church. And I started thinking about it and I went to Psalm 47 verse 7. In the Amplified it says, For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises in a skillful psalm and with understanding. Sing praises with a, with a skillful psalm and with understanding. Why did they put that in there? Why not just sing a psalm? Oh, I believe I'm going to read a couple of things today that is going to open our eyes so that we realize there's more to this. There's, there's a heart connection that, that we're maybe missing. So, Pastor Tom was referring to the fact that if we could just comprehend the impact our words have as they flow from our mouths in song, we'd cease or we'd stop releasing words that are devoid of meaning and understanding. Do you you understand what I mean by that? Some things we say are devoid, that's devoid of any, there's no gravity in what we say. It lacks meaning. It lacks weight. And I'm not saying that the songs that we sing in church are without meaning. I'm saying how are they moving us? And how are they moving God? And are they moving God closer to people or moving people closer to God? That's what I'm talking about. Amen? So, We're focusing on these things today. I know that praise or singing is something that we should do every day. And if we reserve it for 11 o'clock on a Sunday, we're missing out on a huge part of the Christian life. We're missing out on day-to-day victories that can be brought into your world through the power of singing with understanding. Amen. You know, we should have an abundance of praise stored up to release every morning. Every morning we wake up, we should have an abundance of praise stored up to release. Amen. And this scripture is telling us to sing skillfully and with understanding. And so this morning, my question is, can we accept? Can we accept wherever you are this morning watching or in this building this morning that we can move into a time where our 
our praise, our words, flowing words, singing, songs, will be the most appropriate for any given situation. It's not just pulling any song out of the book. It's having the right words and the right song at the right time. And it might be a song you've never heard before in your life. It might be a song that you've given birth to in your heart. And that is the song for this time or for that person when you're in their living room. Do you know what? I, 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 uh, sometimes we, we, we ought to be bolder. Most of the time we do, we reach out to people and I've heard encounters with people, ah, it was so good because I managed to lay hands on them and pray for them. I wonder sometimes if we, if we laid hands on someone and began to sing over them, what would happen? <laughs> Amen? But the, these songs would be sung in the, at the most appropriate times and they'd be sung with a truth that is birthed out of God's word. So we're not making them up. They are, there's a source of these words that we speak. It's coming from God's word and what he's taught us. And where else is it coming from? It's coming from life lessons in the past. Because if you look at David, if you look at the Psalms, if you, they sang about, they lamented over the past. They lamented over the past. They lamented in their present by the rivers of Babylon. Yeah, they, lament, they had these laments and they sang them out. They brought them back before God. Amen? And so we can sing these songs out of lessons from the past. We can sing songs out of the way he's dealt with us personally. God has not dealt with me personally the same way as he's dealt with Gail. He deals with every one of you in a personal way. But it's important to know that if we praise with skillfully and with understanding, we will shape our destiny. That's what Pastor Tom said. He said, it, it, un, it releases you into your destiny. Amen? And what is, what, what is the type of praise that God accepts? Well, I think, it, I think it's, it's there. It's praise that is done with understanding. It's, it's, um, it's not just something we've it's not born out of our emotions, although our emotions are important. God gave us emotions to enrich our life. It's not something we heard somewhere and we thought it sounded good, but it's something that's born out of our lives in the Word and our lives that we've lived up until this time. Amen? We have to use sound doctrine to praise God because we offer a sacrifice of praise that, that sacrifice has to be acceptable in God's sight, doesn't it? So if we praise with a, do you know what? I'm just here, I'm, I'm, I, I shared this, this with someone the other day. I used to praise God, but I was rebelling in my heart. I, I used to stand in, actually it was about there, and it was about 30 years ago. And I would stand there, some of some of the pillars in our church will remember this because I was standing there in total rebellion. I wasn't trying to be pleasing to God. I was trying, I was fulfilling other things that I thought would, this, this will be okay for now. And how many, you know, the thing that we'll regret more than anything else in life is wasted years, wasted time. The thing that we'll regret more than anything else is wasted time. 
In fact, you could weep over the time you've wasted in your life, can't, couldn't you? So in Hebrew, this type of singing, this type of song is called a, ma a, a mashil, which is a psalm or a tune which communicates a valuable lesson. So it's important not only that we're singing and we're bringing, um, we're, we're attracting God's attention and bringing him into his, we're bringing his presence down onto earth. That's why the tabernacle of David existed. The only place the presence of God could be was in the tent. And now his presence can follow you wherever you go every day. It's, it's in you. But I'll never forget this. Um, someone said, said one time, you have to God has to be able to feel at home in your heart. He has to be able to feel at home where you are. If, we, if he is not welcome, if he gets a frosty welcome, his presence will not linger. His presence will not stay. Amen? And so, there's so much we can convey with our words. And I'm going to talk in a little while about the about the about the effect of silence or being silent, not singing, not speaking, in just a, sh a short moment. Amen? But I want to read this to you from a commentary that I sometimes read. It's called the Treasury of David Commentary. And it says there, even under the economy of types and ceremonies, it's clear that the Lord had regard to the spirituality of our worship. And that he would be praised thoughtfully, intelligently, and with deep appreciation of the reason for the song. That's incredible, isn't it? To, to, to thoughtfully and intelligently praise him and sing songs to him. It is to be feared from the slovenly way in which some make a noise in singing that any, that they fancy any sound will do. On the other hand, from the great attention paid by some to mere music, we feel sadly sure that the sense has no effect upon them. Is it not a sin to be tickling men's ears with sounds when we profess to be adoring the Lord? What has a sensuous delight, now this is old English, and this was probably written a long time ago, I'll explain it. What has a sensuous delight in organs and anthems, etc., to do with devotion? Do not men mistake physical effects for spiritual impulses? Do they not often offer to God strains, that means music or song, far more calculated for human amusement than for divine acceptance, ouch. An understanding enlightened of the Holy Spirit is then and then only fully capable of offering worthy praise. The last sentence again, an understanding enlightened of the Holy Spirit is then and then only fully capable of offering worthy praise. So to, for us to have understanding, what do we need? We need to have two things. We need to have desire, the desire to understand, and we need to have the Holy Spirit. 
those, those two elements. Amen? And I don't believe that this is saying that we're not going back to the time when it was a sin to play a guitar in church, or what people thought it was. The only, the only, the only, um, I might have my, my history wrong on this, but at one time, I believe that the only acceptable instrument was a church organ or something along those lines. It was very simple. And, but we know we go to Psalms and we see praise with the lyre and the harp and the timbrel and the dance and the drums. And so we know that, that there's a bigger ensemble to praise God with. Our, our drummer's enjoying the sun down in Brighton today. Haste you back. And so, yeah. So, this is not saying that necessarily the way we worship is wrong. It's saying, it's, it's getting us to question our heart connection. Do we understand what we're doing? Do we understand the reason for the song? Amen. So, let, can I read another passage of Scripture to you? And this is in Psalm 32 from verse 1. It's the Amplified Translation. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute wickedness and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand of displeasure was heavy upon me. My energy, my vitality, and my strength was drained away as with the burning heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my wickedness. I said, I will confess all of my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Amen to that. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you for forgiveness in a time when you are near and when you may be found. So there's a time when God is near and when he may be found. The, corol the opposite, I was going to say the corollary, that is a word. I shouldn't have swallowed the dictionary this morning. The opposite of that is true. Then there must also be a time when God will not be near and when he cannot be found. So we need, to, we need to embrace his forgiveness and his mercy and his grace while we have the time, while we have the opportunity. Surely, when the great waters of trial and distressing times overflow, has that happened recently? They will not reach the Spirit in him. You are my hiding place. You, Lord, protect me from trouble. Praise the Lord for this bit. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Who surrounds you with songs and shouts? The Lord surrounds you with songs and shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you who are willing to learn with my eye upon you. Do not be like the horse or the mule that has no understanding. 
Do not be like the horse or the mule that has no understanding. You know, this, we, we, have some, we met with some friends yesterday. They used to live in Zambia, and they stay in Pennycook now, and they've, they've visited the church before, friends of my mom and dad's. And we were talking about um, the unfortunate incidents we had of hitting wildlife on, whilst traveling on the roads. In Africa, it's commonplace because in many areas, there's no street lighting and it's pitch black, and all sorts of animals wander all over the roads. And um, Jim said to me, he said, he says, but do you remember the donkeys? I says, what do you mean? He says, the donkeys. He says, they were the worst, because a donkey always turns its back to the light. Whenever you approach a donkey on a road, if, it's, if it senses head, uh, light, it turns away. So you can't see, you can't see its eyes. And normally when you drive, you, you, and, uh, quite often you see the eyes. Anyone who's ever been to Africa, or even sometimes here, because there's some animals here, cats, for example, you see the eyes. Donkeys always turn away from the light. And I thought, wow, do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, turning away from the light whose trappings include the bridle and the rein to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in and relies on the Lord shall be surrounded with compassion and loving kindness. So be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, who actively seek right, right standing with him and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Amen. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. I mean, we will, we will move to a place where we will not be afraid to shout. Do not, be, do not be embarrassed to shout. You know, at times, we, I think there's times when we actually enjoy shouting at each other. Just, <laughs> a good shout, a good shout can, can change the atmosphere. We've got to, we've got to understand that for the, the world we live in. Sometimes it's a shout that will break the atmosphere because it's clear that God responds to the words of our mouths. And I want to take you back to that verse um, about silence in verse 3. Silence of our confession. If our praise goes, if, if our praise goes silent, we will waste away. Burying things so deeply in your heart, on the one hand, sin. We waste away. If God has put a song of praise deep in your heart, if it stays there, we, it will waste away. The song has to be given life. The words have to rise, bubble up like that, I'm sure, Spring up a well inside my soul. That song we used to sing. The words, the words rise. The words rise. The words rise. It gets to your lips. Don't try and keep your mouth shut. Let them go. <laughs> Amen. So we can't, we've got to stop being silent. Amen. When we trust in him, when we trust in what he tells us to do, and we shout and rejoice with an upright heart, he surrounds us with songs of deliverance. 
When we sing with understanding, God will reverse the irreversible in your life. In Jesus' name. When we sing with understanding, God is ready to reverse what seems like it can't be reversed. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. You know, um, here's another thing I want to say, and it's, I, wasn't, I wasn't planning on saying it, but I met with someone a, a little while ago last week, and I was talking about something in personal in my own life, and I believe it's time to say it just now, because we all have a testimony. And God does not want us to censor our testimony. And I have censored my testimony because of shame and guilt and pain that it would bring back again. But it's in the fullness of that testimony that the healing comes. It's also in the fullness of that testimony that other people's lives are touched to the point of change. So if I censor my testimony and I only share what is easy to share, I've censored my testimony. I've kept silent about the depths of what God has done in my life because he has reached down into the deepest pit where I was. And he's, he's pulled me out. But am I going to go to the deepest place in my testimony? Am I going to go there? Am I going to go there and allow that to be, to become words of life to somebody else? Because if we don't go there, no one will know the power of what God has done. No one, no one, no one, no one will know. No one will say, people will be able, won't be able to say, you don't know what I've been through. You've never been in as dark a place as I have been. That is why we can't just share our testimony lightly. We must go to where, it's, where it hurts. We've got to go where it hurts. Amen. 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 And then the unity and the blessing and the healing and the restoration will come into the church. Confess your sins one to another so that you may be forgiven and so that God's presence will flourish and it will fill this place. That is what I believe. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter. Thank you.